Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Hello, everybody. Oh, this is such a joy and an honour that I can speak to all of our locations today. Bonnie and I praise God for each and every one of you. I mean that. We we thank you for your faithfulness, your sacrifice. You, you are such an important partner in building the kingdom of God. And for those of you who have just started coming to Elevation or those of you who have been here, feels like forever, you matter. You're important. I'm praying for you. I'm, I'm believing God for you, that we're in this together. And it's such a joy and an honor to be able to speak to all of you today. I also want to take a moment and honor your pastors. Wow, we have the best, the greatest, if I, if I may say so, pastors on the planet. Luke and Nikki in Cairns, praise God for you. Isaac at Gold Coast, Sanjeev and Jocelyn at Hills, Morgan and Amanda at Penrith, Bronson and Gabby, Melbourne, and Marty and Rach in Mandra. What amazing men and women of God. I feel so like out of my depth uh, serving and leading these guys because they're so capable. Uh, they're so brilliant. They, they love God. They love their churches. They're, they're called, they're anointed, they're amazing. And honestly, my role, I think it's one of my highest priorities as lead pastor of Elevation is to pastor your pastors to be there for them, to check in, to offer pastoral care, watch over them, make sure their marriages are strong, make sure their families are healthy, their finances are are in a great place, their their kids are doing well, they're getting time off, (laughs) they're getting a holiday, they're having a break, which really today allows me um, to share God's word, that they can have a break from putting a message together. So there's a, a great benefit Uh, for me being the lead pastor with Bonnie to serve, care, and pastor your pastors. Why does that matter? Because when your leaders are healthy, everything else can be healthy. When leaders are doing well, everything else can do well. In fact, our vision statement and elevation is multiplying healthy. That's a big one for us. Healthy local churches to transform our city. It starts when we're healthy. And and I want to be in their lives personally, making sure they're healthy emotionally, spiritually, physically, financially. Because as we have healthy leaders, come on, we're going to have healthy churches. So today I kind of wanted to share my heart a little bit. I wanted to uh, open God's word up and just give us a bit of direction uh, for elevation. Ephesians 4.1, if you have your Bibles, you can turn today. Paul is writing a passionate plea from prison. It's about 61 AD. And he says, therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord. Here's what he says. I I beg you. I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called 
by God. Uh, Paul is, is using this powerful word called begging. It, it also means to beseech, to summon. It says his importance and urgency on the word. And, and he's, he's saying, I, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. Well, what is calling? We don't use this word very often. It's God's invitation for you to do something for him. It comes from the Greek word kaleo. It means call aloud to summons, to invite by name. Now, we all have multiple callings in our life. We might be called to be a parent or called to marriage. Uh, we might be called to start a business, uh, called into a career, uh, called to be a professional sports person, called into politics, uh, uh, called to write a book or to uh, start a website or, or begin a nonprofit. There's callings on our life. There's multiple callings we have and we need to understand that God has specific callings for each one of us. This isn't just a word for the church, all right? It's just not for pastors. I'm called to be a pastor. That, that, that's a good calling. It's not the only calling. In fact, I believe the pastors, our calling is to serve you, to fulfill your calling out in the marketplace. But we don't use the word, do we? You know, we, instead of saying, uh, how, you do, uh, how you doing, we should say, How's your calling? We, we, we should use this word calling. You know, what's going on with the calling of God on your life? How, how are you doing with your calling? Because calling echoes into eternity. Calling goes beyond this life. Calling has this divine destination with it. So today, I want to call you out. I'm like standing with a megaphone, all right? And, and, and I'm calling you out. Now, normally when you get called out as negative, I, I, I was, I don't know, I was a rat bag as a kid. I was always called out by parents, always called out at school. I was the naughty kid. Uh, they put me in the back of the classroom with a dunce hat on. I, I, I lived in trouble doing after schools, all, I, I, was, I was always being called out. But I want to use this in a positive way today. I want to call you out into your calling, call you out into your destiny, call you out into the purposes God has. Because deep down, you know you were created for something. You know you were created by God for something meaningful, something significant, something that matters. Something that no one else can do, whether it's big or small, something specific for you, something special, something that only you can do. That's the, the point about callings. God knitted you together in your mother's womb for a specific purpose. It is that calling on your life. Paul begs you to lead a life worthy of your calling. If you've been called of God. Paul is explaining that salvation is more than a decision. It launches you into a calling. Each one of you is called by God. Now, some of you know what that calling is. I want to encourage you today to keep going. Don't give up. Don't quit. Step into it. Some of you, you're seeking the calling. And I pray by the power of God, God will stir that in you today. Some of you had no idea that you were called but in 10 to 20 years from now, you can look back on this moment 
as a catalyst, as a time when God stirred you, challenged you to believe there was more that He had for you. When I got saved at 15, I'd never been to church in my life. Someone brought me to church. I went there. I got saved. It was a little INC church. I knew immediately that I was called to something. I just sensed it, that, that, that my whole world had been blown away. That I didn't understand church and the role it had. I just knew there was a God, that a God knew me, that he had a purpose for me. Same for you. God has a calling and a purpose for you. And today I want to call you out into your calling. Because we all know there's more to life than just working and paying the bills watching a Netflix series and going on a holiday once a year. There is more that God has for you. You matter. You're special. I want to stir you today that, that, that there's a calling on your life. couple thoughts on calling. Firstly, God's calling starts with a who before a do. God's calling is more about who we are than actually what, what we do. God's calling starts with a being before a doing. Let's have a look at 2 Timothy 1.9. For God saved us, and we're saved, we're born again, and then what? And called us, this is your purpose and your destiny, to live a life, a holy life. He did this, not because we deserve it, but because that was his plan from the beginning, before the beginning of time, to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. We are called to live a holy life. Well, what's a holy life? It's to be set apart. It's to be different from the world. That from the beginning, in fact, before the beginning, we were called to live this life that honors God. You see, I'm called to be a pastor. That's a calling on my life. But I'm also called to be a husband. I'm called to be a father. And I need to be the same person at church on this platform as I am at home in the bathroom or the media room or doing the lawn outside of my board shorts. I'm called first to be set apart, to be a, a holy life. That's different from the way of the world. Imagine if, if I built this church, it's my calling, but I lost my marriage. Imagine if I spent my life saving souls, but didn't even know my kids. First and foremost, I'm a husband and a father. I'm, I'm called to be like Christ. And so are you. And so often we can get caught up in this thing calling into the destiny and the destination and what we do, which is all part of it, but it always starts with who we become. We need to be the same person in our different callings. We've got to be the same person at work as we are at home. Come on. We'll be the same person we are in church that we are in the workplace. What if you earned great wealth but lost your family? What if you built a big career, but no one likes you? What if you gain the whole world, but lose your own soul? Matthew 16, 
26. It doesn't matter how big and influential our church becomes. Well, what matters is we follow our calling to be set apart to live a holy life that honours God. That's where calling begins. At Colossians 3, 17, and whatever you do, whatever the calling on your life is, whatever you pursue, whatever you do, whether it's in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Do it as a representative of God. Do it in the ways that honour God. This isn't about being perfect. This is about honouring God as who you are, a person that's kind, considerate, thoughtful. You're loving. You're, you're patient. Uh, you, you've got character. This matters. Giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Wherever you go, whatever you do, you represent Christ. So what do people say about you? Uh, what do people think when they see you or watch you? Everybody is watching us. God's calling starts with a who we are before what we do. We're good with that one? Let's move on. God's calling, the second thought, is God calls the ordinary. I love this. God is a God that uses the average and the ordinary. So when the religious leaders saw the men that Jesus had called to be his disciples, are kind of a little bit shocked. And we'll pick up the story in Acts 4, 13. That when these religious leaders, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, some of the disciples, they realized they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished for they took note that these men had been with Jesus. So the men that Jesus called weren't the typical ones that the religious leaders, that they were untrained, uneducated, unskilled, unprepared. The word ordinary, I think this is hilarious. The word ordinary in the Greek is idiotes. Idiotes. It's where we get the English word idiots. So you could say that Jesus called idiots. I love that because I think I'm an idiot half the time. And I'm just thankful that I'm not disqualified because I'm ordinary. I'm, I'm uneducated, unschooled, a field so unable, incompetent half the time. But when God calls you, he anoints you. We talked in our anointing service, that the anointing of God is to empower you to do His work through the Holy Spirit. And, and it doesn't mean you have to have it all together. Does, God doesn't call the prepared. He prepares the called. You don't have to be qualified to be called. In fact, you have an unfair advantage because you have the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through you to outwork the calling that's on you. You, you don't have to have it all together. You just need to say yes. When you follow God's calling, He steps in and empowers you. In fact, the Bible says that, that God confounds uh, the wise um, when He uses the average person or the foolish things of this world. I, uh, I never chose to be a pastor. Uh, sorry, <laughs> a little bit of a, uh, a newsflash. Uh, I was called into business. I loved it. I was a builder. 
And that was a big career for me, had great success, and, and I loved it. And I actually contacted the pastor of the church I was attending and said, look, mate, I'll help you build your next building, your next auditorium. I'm a builder, I can sort out, you know, contacts and architects, engineers, we'll put a budget together, I'll, I'll give some coin, let's make this happen. And he said, oh, no, I, what, what we're looking for is pastors. I'm like, mate, I'm not a plasterer, you know, the renderer, the, the plasterer, I'm not a plasterer, you know, I'm a builder, but I can find a plasterer, I know Joey and, and Bill, no, 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 we, we want you to be a pastor. Like, and and I'm, 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 I'm not Italian. I'm, I'm not into spaghetti and fettuccine. I'm not Luke Nustafora, who's Italian. No, mate, I'm an Aussie. You know, I'm, I'm a burger guy. I'm not into part. No, no, look, look. We want you to be kind of the, 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 the head guy in the church. The, the, the what? The, that guy on the stage? Forget it. No chance. I told them no. Go, go shove your offer. I'm not interested. I also knew what they paid pastors. I don't want any part of that. So I actually said no to the calling of God on my life. For 18 months, I was 35, I'll never forget it. I just wrestled. Um, I, I fought God. Uh, that calling would just not go away. I, I couldn't sleep. I, I just was intrigued. I, I didn't understand it. I'd never been to seminary where all the smart people go. I, all our pastors, they've all done it. Uh, I, I'd never done that. I, I, I'd never, you know, been to Bible college and I wasn't, I, I stuttered as a kid. I had a fear of public speaking. Even today I get nervous when I do this public speak. It just wasn't my gig. It wasn't my deal. Man, I'm just an average guy. I was a builder. But there was a calling on my life. And even though I was inadequate, unskilled, uneducated, inexperienced, I had to surrender to the calling on my life. I wonder about you today, that God's calling you to do something and you've always blown it off because you just make a start. Just take a step. Talk to someone. Google whatever God's calling. Learn. Read a book on it. Just start stepping towards your calling because God calls the ordinary. God calls the ordinary. Look at Moses, he started. David was the runt, the, the smallest. Um, Daniel, he was a foreigner in a foreign land. Ruth was an outcast. Some of you today, you've kind of put the calling off because you don't think you're ready. I want to challenge you today. God calls ordinary people. I also want to take a moment today and talk about the calling of God that's on your life to build the church. I believe there's a calling of God on every person that calls themselves a Christian to build the church. The, the, the church isn't a building. We don't go to church. We are the church. And so the church is actually the body of Christ where there's many parts the Bible talks about. And so we are this body of believers. And as part of this body, there's actually a calling on us to use our gifts and our talents to build the church. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. All of you, the, the Greek word for all, I don't know what it is, but it means all. <laughs> it means every one of you. If you're a Christian today, there's no pass. You don't get out of this one. All of you together are Christ's body. All together, we're Christ's body. 
and each of you is a part of it. The Bible goes on to talk about how we're all different pieces of the body, but we all bond together in unity to build the church. And each of you today, you're called to be part of this body of believers. Each of you is called to build the church. Maybe the calling on your life is to pray for the church. Uh, maybe the calling on your life is to invite someone. You're more of an evangelist. You want to bring people. Maybe the calling on you is to have a leadership role. Maybe there's a calling on you to fund the church, to make some financial uh, giving to, to fund and build the church. Maybe you're called to serve. Uh, maybe you're called to give pastoral care. Uh, maybe you're, you're called to cook a meal, to be a spiritual mother or father, uh, to mentor. Think about it. All of you are called in some way or fashion to build this body. I pray you would sense that. This is, this is not a serving push. This is a heart push to realize that we are called together to build His church for His glory. And, and you may just be thinking, Miles, I just kind of show up and just sort of watch. Look, that's okay. But there's a point where God's going to call you out. I'm going to fall off the front of this stage if I lean any further forward. But I'm so passionate like Paul. Uh, I'm calling you out today. I remember my mom, when we grew up, whenever we went to someone's house, she'd always say, look, we have to take something with us. So if ever we went for a dinner, don't, don't show up empty-handed. Come on, moms, I hope you still teach this great principle today. So if you go to someone's house, take a bottle of wine, bag of chips, take some flowers, uh, take some Doritos, just show up with something. I think that's the attitude we should have when it comes to our church. When we come, we're going to come early because we want to get inside and start praying over the seats that someone would find Christ. When we come to church, we're coming expectant. God, would you move today? When we come to church, we're coming to meet someone who might be new to help them get connected, to know that they're, they're loved and they're cared for. When we come to church, we're, we're coming with something. We're coming with this expectation, God, maybe you'll use me to minister to someone who's hurting. Maybe I'll see someone in the corner that's alone. God, that I come, not empty-handed, but I come with this calling on my life to build the church. I don't come to watch or to be entertained. I'm in this together. We're building this together. I'm coming early to sweep the floor. I'm coming early, bring some flowers in to brighten up the bathroom. I don't know what it is for you. I'm not specifically calling you to a task, but I'm calling you to a heart attitude that we would contribute together to build this great church. Maybe you're called to mentor children. You're called to pour into the next generation. You're called to use your gift of teaching God's word. Listen, we as pastors, we are called, according to Ephesians 4.12, to equip the saints to do the work. So here's my calling and your pastor's calling is to care for you that you would build the church in a healthy way, that, that you would get your time off, that you would not burn out, that you would not overcommit, that, 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 that our role as your pastors is, is actually to serve you, to make sure your family's strong, 
to, to make sure you're in a great place with God. That, that, that we can create these environments for intimacy with Christ, your relationship with grows. Um, relationships with others can grow deeper and intimate so we can ultimately influence our world. We're, we're called to, to serve you. We're, we're called to make sure you're in a healthy place. So when we all operate in our calling, you, you can see it now, can't you? There is this synergy, that there is this healthy, it's like a body in Scripture all working together, legs, arms, heart, brain. We're, we're, you know, we're moving forward, building His church. We are called by God. There's a mighty call on elevation. We're called to fulfill the Great Commission, to go into all the world and preach the gospel, to see souls saved and lives changed. That's a calling that's on elevation. And as we identify that calling, as we work together in our areas, then we're going to achieve all that God has for us. I couldn't be more excited, honestly, for how God has positioned us at elevation. I couldn't be more faith-filled as we see the power of God move in a flourishing, healthy churches where, where we see marriages flourishing, relationships going deep, people getting saved, lives change, healings, signs and wonders, the, the presence of God moving. People are empowered in their workplace. They're seeing God show up and help them with the deals and the contracts and outworking their, their careers. Their God is active. He's evident. He's moving. Why? Because we're going to answer the prayer, the petition that Paul had. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you, beseech you, summons you, beg you to leave a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Father, I thank you for every person listening to your holy word. Let that scripture resonate in their heart. Holy Spirit, would you stir them to live a life worthy of their calling? A life where we would be holy, set apart, representing you. A life where we would live out our calling, the same person, whatever it might be. We pray as we activate our calling in our workplace, in our marketplace, in, in our homes. Pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to be upon us. And I pray that as we rally together as the body of Christ, that we realize we're not just here by chance, but we are called. We're called to contribute. We're called to, to give of our time and our resources and our, our faith and our, our talents to build your church. You would be glorified, that, that we would build healthy, whole, vibrant churches where you are glorified, you are praised, and you, you are working. That, that's my deepest prayer as the lead pastor, that we would see you working in every life in every person, regardless of their age or how long they've been coming.
I pray in Jesus' name. Still praying today. Maybe some of you never knew there was a calling on your life. You've kind of gone through life just kind of confused. Or maybe you've tried to fill the void with everything else, money, uh, relationships, sex, drugs, alcohol, and you're just, you're empty. Let me tell you, you were born destined to have a relationship with God. The problem is we have this thing called sin and sin separates us from God. But Jesus came and He lived a perfect life. He died and rose again to defeat sin, defeat Satan, so that you could be forgiven and changed. If you died today and you didn't know where you were heading after this life, this prayer is for you. Because the truth is there is a heaven and there is a hell. These are real places that Scripture talks about. And the only way we can be saved is not by our works. It's not not by going to church. The only way we can be saved is through Jesus Christ. And today, you're here. God's called you for this moment to make a decision for Him. You can sense that your heart's racing. You, You can feel there's more to life than what you've ever seen. When you surrender to God, then you start this journey of following the calling that's on your life. But it starts with salvation. When you say, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior, with eyes closed and heads bowed, that's why you are here. I want to give you that opportunity to say yes to Jesus, to be saved, to be born again. Would you boldly raise your hand wherever you are, just lift it up high. Come on, you know it's you, right across the auditorium. Just raise your hand up, say, yeah, I I, I want to be saved. I, I want to live for God. What God will do, He'll save you. Then He'll begin to reveal the calling of God in you. Let's all pray a prayer out loud with those who raise their hands. Let's all pray. Jesus, come on, let's pray together. Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Save me so I can follow the calling that is on my life to give you glory and honor all of my days and into eternity. I pray in Jesus' name. Come on, let's all celebrate how good and great our God is.